That's what this place was built on. That's what our community is founded on. Don't act like the example. Just be the example. This is the home of the greatest fitness community in the world. We're trying to create strong, able bodies, resilient to injury with a gas tank to get shit done. If there's one thing from this podcast about taking media action, find the problem, fix the problem, this is your opportunity. It's either a hell yes or a fuck no. It's that simple. <laughs> now is the time to take action. Now's the time to do more and be more. Welcome to Tango One Podcast, everybody. Uh, our mission as every week is to challenge you to do more and be more. And my guest today is my uh, my life partner, my wife, the Mrs. Smith, uh, Danny Smith. So we're going to talk about all things. So I don't know what we just decided the last minute. We're going on a day date. We thought this is how we could kick it off with some, uh, take some HQ focus, Code Tango 15. <laughs> and, uh, and then just kind of shoot the shit about things we actually talk about in our household. Uh, so we might lose some people today. <laughs> we'll see. But hopefully, like one thing Danny and I always say is like respecting other people's opinions is always kind of very important. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can have a good constructive conversation about some of the things that we've been uh, chit chatting about at home. And we don't generally post stuff that's too, uh, you know, some of the opinions that we might be talking about today. I guess. So, welcome to the show, babe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you and Irv making fun of my trophy when I was out there. So outside of the shot, little did I know that they've cropped out my fantasy football trophy that's just above. That's fantastic. I Irv gained like 20 respect points on that. <laughs> because I, I didn't even know that was up here, which thank God, because otherwise it would be on my mantle. And uh, <laughs> it looks good up here out of the camera's view. I might switch it to the, like, like Dupes got us this kettlebell when we first opened that, the Onyx kettlebell here with the, the gorilla face. I might switch it to the other side so it isn't it's in there for future episodes well it will take away a little bit of like the, i feel like it's a little shiny yeah yeah all right let's get after it so um i am coaching t or not t-ball it's like uh you know pitch ball baseball and we went from house league to like what they call selects which is essentially just take like the better players from uh throughout the whole league they try out and then i have to pick a team i'm the head coach of it didn't realize it was going to be this much of a of a task, but I'm so far I am enjoying it. But so we had a trial this weekend, and Irv was asking. I thought this is a great place to start the podcast. Not that people want to know too much about little league baseball, but you're going to want to hear about uh, kind of like some of the decisions that I had to make that were a little bit tough to do. So we had 30 kids come out, and uh, my nine year old and my seven year old. But my seven year old is playing in the league that's a uh, our seven year old and our nine year old. But the seven year old is playing up a league, so he's actually. Well, way younger than the other kids. There's really no only a couple other seven-year-olds in the whole league tried out, and he's doing real good at these tryouts. So makes it to the second day of tryouts, and we had to go down to just 12 roster spots. So I had to come to the dilemma of, uh, you know, basically what it came down to is I had to cut my own son uh, last weekend, which was I was driving home sick to my stomach. My oldest, you know, he he's uh, he's on obviously he's older, so he's in the older class of the kids who tried out. 
but he's also he's super skilled. He he made it pretty easily, I think. Like he's one of the, you know, one of the I think one of the more talented kids on the field. But my young one, he's super talented, our young guy. But he's just and he's got all the heart. He's got all the the attitude. But just when it came down to it, I don't think he was, you know, he's right there. But he wasn't in the top twelve. And I I think we'll see. I I haven't talked to any of the parents yet since. But that was the hardest thing I have ever had to do with our boys. I think so. It's way harder on you than it was on him. <laughs> you make a very good point. I mean, the nine-year-old, I think even if they were switched places, if the nine-year-old's personality was the seven-year-old, he would have been uh, probably heartbroken by it. But our nine, our youngest, Bronny, is a pretty uh, resilient and very happy-go-lucky kid. But you know what? Super proud dad moment, though, is when I did tell the young guy that he was cut, the first thing he said is, did my brother make it? And he wasn't like in jealousy. It was like a pure he wanted to know. And then his next question was even better. He goes, what about my other teammates from Team Black? So our house league team. All he wanted to know was, like, did his buddies, did his brother make it? And he just gave me a hug. He's like, okay, Dad. And then, you know, the oldest, he did the same thing. The oldest, first thing he said to me was, you know, did my brother make it? Which was, like, real nice. And the oldest doesn't argue with me. He's pretty timid and, like, passive. But when I I said his brother didn't make it, he kind of, like, stepped up and said, you know what? I saw him catch every ball. Why, like, not all the other kids caught the balls. Why, why did you keep them? I was pretty proud to see him stick up for his brother in a way. So, yeah, but you, it's not like it's not like we're like these kids are just acting like this out of the blue. You know, you gave Braun like a very, and I did too. We we made it known what the expectations were and that what his chances were. So, like, I feel like the fact that he was. I don't think he was necessarily expecting anything, but he just went out and tried his best. And he knew he had, that's what his job was. He knew that it wasn't going to come down to like, you're going to get cut if you don't do well. He knew that I need to try my best. And I'm one of the youngest kids here. I don't even, I shouldn't even be playing this league. So I'm just going to try and let's see what happens. And, and so like, I think in our house, what we do well is, doing parenting very uh, um, intentionally. So we're not just like, you know, flying by the seat of our pants where we actually, with all of the things that we say or or kind of um, try to instill in, in the kids, it's um, it's on purpose. Yeah, and I, we, I think we, like, what we outlined with them, it, it's not a democracy at our house, which is, I think, where... You know, when I watch a lot of that, that I should be the biggest critic of other parents. But I, I am. This is my show. I'm going to say what I want to say, I guess. Like, it, parenting, just like running any team, though. Like, that's where, like, my expertise, I guess, it is in creating culture and, and team building and all these things. And when you run a team, it's not a democracy. Everybody is heard. Everybody has a say. All things are considered. However, when push comes to shove, the leader needs to make one decision and we all go forward together. And we brought it up to him. We could have protected him. We could have said, like, could have not even told him about it or say he wasn't allowed to try out. There's those things we could have done. But we brought that one to him. We let him make this decision. We, we decided we had a game plan up front. He said he wanted to play. You and I, again, chatted about it and said, okay, let's go. Like, well, let's just tell him the real truth about it. And so he knew that there was a chance that he was going to be cut. We up front told him the chances was going to be cut. And I think, like... And I, I know I was approached by a couple other parents for kids trying out, not even in his situation. Like they really didn't seem like they wanted to put their kid in a position where they could fail. And my conversations with those people were just like we would have people in the gym is like if your goals are high enough, there should always be a chance that you fail. 
right? Failure should always be an option. Otherwise, you're just really coasting through your life. You're not really comfortable. Everything's on that other side of fear, in my opinion. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't push it, regardless of where what we're talking about, whether it's in the gym or whether it's in uh, trying out for a team or or even applying for a job or anything like that, or even doing something like uh, like when I did some modeling uh, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with that. I did not want to do it, but putting myself out of my comfort zone when I actually thought about you in that moment was like you wouldn't you would you wouldn't say no because it was something that you didn't want to do if you knew that it was for the right reasons and for me um, I love Mackie and I want to support her business the town so, shop the modeling is for the yes. town shop so if we're gonna support her we should throw a business yes, out there yes Mackie Jones um, and that's why I chose to do it I did not want to do it I but at the same time, it's if you if you don't do things that you don't want to do sometimes or that you feel you feel uncomfortable with, um, I don't think that you will truly get to grow as a person, even if it's just something small. Right, and and add a layer to that is like who's watching you do those things, right? Like like me, I know that you did something you didn't want to do, and that gives me more respect for you and. The next time I have Are a dis- you sure you were like kind of not jealous well, that I took a spot in the- I was already in it. I'm good. But I mean, I was nice to see you wearing something pink. I don't know that I've ever seen that in my whole life. But um, the, where I was going with that is like, yes, then, you know, that's going to push me for maybe a little decision. But also even more importantly is the children seeing you do something that makes you uncomfortable. You're pretty open with that. Uh, so that they, you know, they make fun of me. They know I like to be on the camera. They know that I, I have no problem being fancy dad. But like that's not kind of the 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 role that you put out there or the the aura that you put out there. So you explain it to them. They saw you do it, and you know they were they were happy about it too. And they said, "Oh, mommy looks so pretty in these pictures." Like that was that was nice to see too. Setting that example in that regard. So then when we're talking, uh, we had a, a big couple of weeks in here, and it was uh, we had our the Chamber of Commerce so award ceremony, which was pretty sweet. It was a uh, GL Heritage outside. It was actually a, a beautiful event. It was really nice, and it was nice to see Nat Borelli who. Uh, you know, uh, Maria's, the local diner that everybody loved so much here is, is, you know, didn't make it through COVID and, but they pivoted and they're, you know, doing a food truck and they made all the food, uh, Nat's Wraps, I believe. And it yeah, was, was it was awesome. It was catered by them. Like I said, guys, none of these people are sponsoring us to say these things. It's just, we love supporting local and we love seeing local people succeed and, and hopefully playing a small part in helping them to, to uh, even if it's gaining one more sale or one more follower or something, if we can do that. But, uh, at the awards, there was like some great awards given out at the business of the year. Went to John and Melissa Tregaskis with Bright Child, and we were super happy to see them. Those guys have been huge supporters of the garage gym. And when it comes to uh, the mindset about educating children and a lot of the things that we believe in this world, uh, we are very you know dialed in with them. So it was awesome to see them win. And then, of course, for us, I mean, we were nominated for the Employers of the Year, which. Uh, mind-blowing to me to just even you know I don't take those things too seriously all these awards but like this one it just really hit hard after two years of being closed to be up for that award we really went there with no thinking I, I had zero plans that we were going to win that and then all of a sudden they announced our names and we had to go up and give a speech and I was like it was it was I was like kind of partway tears and partway like very angry and because of the situation that we had to battle through and and I really felt that we were abandoned by a lot, a lot of leaders and a lot of, you know, the Garage Gym Army and our team stuck together. A lot of people chose to look the other way and just drive by and continue to go to work while we were suffering. And that really, like, kind of fueled my fire. But 
don't know. Yeah, but I think that honestly, since day one, um, we have been, you do it for yourself. It's like anything else. When we talk about health, when we talk about, you know, uh, if someone's in a bad way with, um, with health, for, for example, or just with, with our business through the, through the pandemic, like it, no one is coming to save you. No one is coming to, you know, uh, to be like, Oh, don't worry. After this is all done, you'll be fine. That no one's going to do that except for yourself. So I think that's what made us so kind of surprised and happy to win that award. You say angry. No, I mean, I wasn't (laughs) angry at the award by any means. I just, you know, it was an opportunity to get on the microphone in front of some people that, you know, and I I say that like not the microphone that I usually like, like right now, but it was an opportunity to say my piece to some people that needed to hear it. And so I was angry, I guess, in a lot of ways, but also saw the, the ability to, you know, maybe make people or understand something that they didn't take time to think about, which was like, hey, I'm okay going to my job today. However, that 1% of businesses, the gyms, and I mean, the gyms can't sell fat like takeout. To be okay, to say that that's not right that you're closed, but to have no balls to stand with those people. That's that's the part that I wanted to get out there. And I think people got that in the most positive way possible. But if we really like talk about what really makes me proud though about that award is like forget COVID. Like we opened this gym to give ourselves a better life and to help people become physically and mentally strong. And to think that all of a sudden we have like it's not just us and the garage gym army, the members, it's now us and this team of people. So the fact that we've, you and I, quit our jobs, started this freaking business in our garage, and now have the employees of the year, because you can't have be the employer of the year without the employees of the year. To think that we've like made this job place such a great place that people are quitting their jobs, seemingly left and right, it feels like like, you know, and to work for us, like we have people lined up. We have too many. We have too many people working here right now. So much that I guess, you know, we're probably going to, you know, be announcing something big very soon. But uh, that stuff is just, uh, to me, it's just, I, I, I can't stop thinking about that. and so happy and proud to stand there with, you know, Nikki, Jacqueline, Joe, and, you know, and the Riley and the Casey's and the Marissa's and Steph's and the, like so many people who have, you know, Corey, who have been there by our sides all the way through to help this thing grow. No, for sure. I think that um, we tried so hard every single day to make sure that not about us it's not about us that we kept our employees with us because we knew that there was a good chance if we couldn't keep them employed and they had to take you know ei or whatever from the government then what are the chances of us getting them back after the pandemic all these great people so for us priority one was let's keep our team together and make sure that they can afford to pay their bills and to afford to live a life at the very least listen it's a pandemic not everyone's going to be balling in the pandemic in order to go anyways but to be able to maintain until things get a little bit you, you can take a breath and i think that in the worst of times that's when people are going to act that way so it's when people are going to be like going to the grocery store and buying up all the toilet paper and they're going to be driving by because well i'm okay and i can pay for gas this week and get to my job and I'm fine. That's it's gonna it's gonna t- take the worst of people during that time. And and I I understand how people feel in that way. It's almost like 
it's almost like jail mentality, like, right? We tell our kids all that when they, when they eat too fast, it's like, okay, chill. Like no one is going to steal your food. But during the pandemic, that's how people felt. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> that's a good point. The jail mentality was, is kind of like sickening when you see it happen. And that, if you really focus on the great things that happened and all the support that we got, it was like really, you know, what's important to us, I think. And we sat down the very first day and um, we do what we call a SMEAC. So if anybody hasn't heard of a SMEAC, it's, I was actually just working with, uh, you know, a pretty large business and helping them to establish some battle plans for their next three months. And then within those battle plans, which are the little fights that they need to do to win the war, if you're you know, if you're if you're looking at your business as we have a big war to fight this year and we want to win, we have to establish a little. We have to take this territory and do this and do that and and you know hold off this threat. And that's what we do. We make some battle plans and we do a SMEAC. So a SMEAC is situation, mission, execution, action, and then command and control. So that's one of the things that I've taken really from policing that really applies into this business. And the military world uses that too. Obviously, threw that up on the board. Situation: We're closed for who knows how long mission to keep this team and the garage gym army together uh execution and we want how are we going to do that what actions are we going to take and what's going to be the command and control basically how are we going to communicate and by making it so clear and concise and repeating that day in day out to ourselves to our team and one of our jokes was making we're making lemonade every day lemonade i would just write the word lemonade all the time and people knew our team knew that's what we're doing. And despite all the things and really them not having to work at certain points, sometimes working so much that we couldn't control it and sometimes barely having any hours, we didn't short one person $1. And that was without using EI or anything. And that was, you know, prideful and nothing against anybody who had to take EI for us as a team. I just did not, I know from a pride standpoint that I, I've never had to experience it, but like having to take EI would have probably been hurtful to me. It would have been tough for me to swallow and I wanted them to not feel that feeling and I wanted them to stay together and to see that like a leader truly will bleed before he lets their, you know, their, their soldiers bleed, I guess. And that's what we what we did and, and it worked out. So thank God and I'm really thankful to Chamber for recognizing that despite like, and ignoring the fact that uh, maybe we didn't do it the way that uh, <laughs> the bylaws would have wanted us to do it. We did what we had to do. We took our own actions in our own hands. And I think like at a certain point, that's what you got to do. So we're proud of that. But we think we can move on from that. We're, what is uh, something else we're chit-chatting about this week in the household? Um, I feel like I have, a, I have a cue card over here. Oh, I really? I have a couple of notes that I wanted to talk about. Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, we were, we were talking about like men and women in, especially in like relationships and about, uh, the feminine and the masculine and, and the, the like black and white, how, how, how we work in our relationship. Not black and, and white our, skin color, we're talking about men and women and the black and white no, part like, of that, right? Like, like, like thinking that like one person is the masculine and one person is the feminine. Right, because this show, everybody's been talking about this show, right? What's it, Snowflake or something on Netflix? Like so many people have been bringing this up to us that we should watch it. We have not watched it because I don't know if I could fucking handle it. But I, sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. That's where this but, kind of started. That's not about men and women. What, what is it? I thought you were talking about the, the gender documentary. Yeah. Isn't that the one? No. Anyways, okay. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I don't watch... <laughs> Whatever, whatever, men and women, back to it. Sorry. 
pan to the trophy. <laughs> the football. <laughs> anyway, I wore my pink shirt so I could say these things softer today for everybody. So No, I think we were just talking about, and I was actually talking to uh, one of my personal clients about this today, about the fact of having like masculine traits and feminine traits and, and how it seems like the world has, has changed quite a bit in the sense of like feeling like you can't be a mix like like you have to choose one and and I think that when you and I talk about it <clears throat> as a couple in at home or in a business that we're, we always talk about how we're very opposite in a lot of ways and I think that the the feminine traits and the masculine traits kind of like ebb and flow in both of us and yet uh, sometimes I feel like people people don't embrace one side or the other because they feel like maybe they should be all one side or all the other. All right, that was very cryptic. But so I mean, to me, I think like we we somebody uh, sent me a really nice way of putting this. Like men, women, we we are equal, but we were created for different purposes. And I think like this world right now is really ignoring some obvious things. Like so, if I've seen you naked, you've seen me naked. There are different things about us. There are also men uh, or you know i'm able to put on more muscle than than most women right and most men speaking in generalities are able to do so right and like there's and this is across all of fucking nature it's not just us it's not just humans right they're looking across all of nature like for the most part that's kind of the way it is so why are we trying to pretend like that's not something that's happening why are we saying that like why is it not okay for men to have muscles and be confident and, and speak their minds and be proud to protect and provide for their families? Why is, the, why is this world making that not okay? And I think that that's where a lot of the confusion is. Like, I, there are freaking 95% women that come in here and, and I'm proud as hell of them. I'm not worried about the women, man. They guys are killing it. But because they are becoming the strong ones, the ones who are out being fit, the ones who are out taking care of, like, the men are okay to just sit at home and, and you know, eat Cheetos and, and get a belly on them. And now as a little boy, so I'm looking at our little boys or me as a little boy, like my dad was a, you know, good, strong, confident man. My mom's a very, you guys have all met her, whoever has been in the gym, very strong, outspoken, right? But there was somebody that looked like me that had the same parts as me that I could emulate in my household. We're diminishing the male's role so much that I think like little boys are now looking like, well, who am I going to act like? I got to act more like mom, but mom's not completely like me. And that's where maybe some confusion can start and where maybe we're like little boys are losing that confidence. And, and then, you know, like then looking from the girl's side, I was talking about this yesterday when we were at the pool with all, it was actually all women and just me speaking at the pool. We were talking about, I'm like, I feel like we're empowering young girls to do some things that really like, that's not what I think empowering young women should be. Like, to just dress however they want to wear and like how like grade schools are talking about getting rid of dress codes and like you know like little boys are like perverts man like i don't think like teaching our little girls to to walk around in in half shirts in grade school is like really empowering them i don't think that's setting them up to be strong and, and confident and women who go in to dominate a room later on i think that's might be pushing them in the wrong direction and creating the wrong opinion of women i don't know like what do you think that's a lot. Oh, yes. What do I think about what? All of it. I don't know. That's just my thoughts in general. I hope like people understand. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm not being misogynistic by saying these things. I, I just really think that that's, we should be trying to create strong children. Yes. You know? It's definitely 
family. I think there's a saying too about it's easier to to um, build strong boys or build strong men than to fix them when they're, you know. Right. Um, and I think this rise of strong women is amazing, but we shouldn't pull down the men. Like we should say men continue to be strong just like, you know, the men are the ones causing the problems. I'm not going to like try to get around that. Like men are the ones killing themselves. Men are the ones killing other people. They're hurting people. But like let's get rid of the shitty part of men and keep the stuff that you should be really proud of to be a man. And now these women have become so much stronger. Now we can just be stronger together. But I feel like we're pushing down one to raise the other. That shouldn't be the way. Well, what would be, I mean, you're a coach. What would you tell someone who, if you saw those traits in a man that you know or a friend, like what what would be your suggestion as a coach being like to, to guide them towards what you think would be helpful to get them to feel more confident and to feel like they can be more assertive perhaps or to be a better figure in their house? Like what, what are you seeing that, that well, you think? One, let's like, let's not sugarcoat it. So... A man, you fucking, you need to work out. You need to exercise. It doesn't have to be bench pressing. It needs to be some kind of fitness, some kind. And you need to worry about what you're eating, especially as you go to older, for a million reasons. But the number one, like. Okay, but that, the reason why, one of the major reasons why is because doing those things will help with the hormones that men need. Yes. It will help with the hormones that they need in order to be the best self that they can be. Right, so you're not walking around like bitch tits, like, you know, being, you know, this passive, non-making decisions, being lazy, like, but then to pass that on to, like, your sons and your daughters, but also, like, if, like, your sons, like, if you want them to emulate something, make yourself something that they should emulate. When you walk in a room as a cop, the first thing that these bad guys see is how you carry yourself. So it doesn't matter how smart I am, nothing else really matters at first. The first judgment is how you present yourself. So if you come in, you present yourself as a, you know, as a lazy looking, sloppy looking person, that is the first person thing everybody sees when you walk well, in the door. Someone's gonna exploit that. Right? And that's what chill like, you know, walking out on that field with all those kids. I didn't have to say one word and I had the respect. Right? Like once I start talking, I can lose it, my actions can lose it. You know, I can make it stronger, I can make it worse, I can keep it the same by how I act, how I speak, how I, my experience and my knowledge of baseball and, and other things. But walking on that field, immediately I have respect because I look a certain way. And I really think men are not thinking that far into it. Like your little boys should look at you the same way that they look at me when they walk in a room. They should want to be like their father, mm-hmm. you know? and and. We're sugarcoating it. We're, we're not even putting these people like on, you know, like, I don't know. We're just, we're really missing the boat, I think, what right now. What do you now. think is the, the, like, what, what are men, are they overworked? Are they, like, I think, I think they're lazy. <laughs> I think, one, men are lazy. I think, you know, maybe uh, in, in school, maybe there's something more to like, maybe we should just be like, we should get away from, I don't know. Get away from like saying like, hey, like it's not okay to be. I feel like that's kind of what the message we're sending the kids right now, is that it's not okay to be a masculine type man, mm. right? I think that's the that's the. You no, know, I, I think that's lots of people are echoing that. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think with I think with kids especially, or with um, I think a lot of people are just afraid. Like they don't want to get in trouble. It's the same as our old jobs is like 
is like, well, if I do that, I'll probably get in trouble, so I just won't. And then, and with all these rules, like if you're listening to, you know, what's, what's, what the wording is in schools, for instance, and like what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do. And, and the pandemic certainly made that worse because they weren't allowed to go outside. They weren't allowed to, to, they had circles on the ground where they had to separate from each other. Like there's so many rules and what you kind of can't do that no one has any confidence in what they can choose to do. And I also think that that kind of plays into what we do just you and I as well is like we have the confidence to just do what we think is right and what we think is proper so maybe those men are in the same boat where they just feel like their hands are tied and so that and so they give up almost yeah maybe and like thinking you know we have we have a friend a very good friend whose uh, daughter identifies as a little boy we love that child greatly you know but when we all get together at at family and, and friend events it's it we're you know we say what or we say what they what makes this child feel good and we celebrate what's that child as the individual but we're also not telling our boys that like hey you don't it's okay to not be a boy or a girl like if you're a boy you're for that your boy that's fine and, and you should be proud of that too and celebrate you know this child next to you for what they are as well like be your own individual and not say like ballpark it that you don't have to do this or you don't have to do that like i don't know i feel like a lot of this is just getting so so washed and i'm so confused at all times like of what we're you know you can't we already got to mark x on the driver's licenses and i'm like what the heck is going on like like why can't we just respect every single individual why do we have to change the how my little boy is going to be be treated in the bathrooms and all these i just don't understand for like one percent, we should celebrate that one percent of people, or two percent. I don't know what the percentages are, but why don't we just celebrate everybody for who they are and what they are, and go about our business and just be happy with that? Like I don't understand. Hallelujah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Nothing that you're uncomfortable. No, there's just a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> it's just like as having a little like the little boys and like trying to like explain to them these things i had to have this the conversation what is a homosexual to the little boys last week which i have no i have no problem i mean obviously it's uncomfortable for me i went and explained it as best i could but like you know trying to explain all of these things is is i can't keep up because i don't even know if i'm like saying things right anymore don't worry i listen from the other room and then i just adjust as needed <laughs> <laughs> anyways anyways so what do you, what's your opinion as from a woman's standpoint? What do you think about this? Because you're you are a strong woman. People look at you as a strong woman. You did like a wild job, but now I've seen you become basically in the last couple of years, and you've seen the happiest you've ever seen is becoming house. I mean, you're you are a housewife in many ways, I guess, like if that's the term. But you are you know you are like, you getting me a Range Rover? <laughs> I wish, man. But like you know you you take almost like single-handedly are taking care of that house while I'm out doing all these crazy things um, to try to build a business and you don't seem resentful for me you actually seem like you love it uh yes I do and I think that I think that when you think of your life especially when I think back of like my whole kind of the way I got to here <laughs> is um things can change and your priorities change and back before when I was 21 and I got hired as a policeman and um, was doing some really cool jobs and 
I was the only one to worry about, then, I mean, you, you get to have that kind of thrill. Like, you've had that for years and years and years as a policeman also. So you get to do the cool things, and you get to do the, the, um, the interesting, I guess, career, right? <clears throat> but I think just innately, as a woman, um, once I got pregnant and had our first child, your priorities are completely, well, my priorities were completely changed with 180. So now I'm thinking, well, I love this child more than I love myself. So, so what am I going to do? Am I going to keep going to this job that, it, that is dangerous? And, um, and also by that point, the job had changed quite a bit where before you, you kind of felt like you were doing your job and you were getting results as a result of that job. But as time has changed and the job has changed as well, you kind of felt more like you were babysitting and you kind of felt like if I, if I got held at work, <clears throat> all I was thinking about was like, Oh, here I am again at the same call that I was at yesterday and the day before and nothing is changing and I'm not making much of a difference. Why can't I be at home with the, with the people who I like really care about? And so now when I have that ability to do that, to be with the, the people who I care about most, that makes me so happy. And I'm able to embrace the more, let, so let's say when it comes to like the feminine masculine side, like my old job was extremely masculine. Uh, you have lots of power. You are, I was predominantly on shifts with all males, maybe another female or two. All my bosses were males. So like, I had that part of my life when I was young and then now I have more of the feminine side where it's it's about nurturing and it's about raising our family in the way that we think is proper and in the way that makes everyone happy and and so that we can guide these children to the life that they deserve and that we want them to be you know as as a grown-up I guess so I do love it and I love the fact that that I'm able to be like in a way a supportive part of our whole family so like when we look at our family it doesn't to me I could care less like if we if we um broke up like who gets paid more or like who takes in more money into the household like there was a very long time where I would have been the breadwinner or I would I would have been the, the person who was making just as equal amounts as you right or or a partner for instance because we had a good paying job but now it matters more to me the happiness and the the ability to live the life that we want and not not the happiness of of how much is my paycheck in comparison to like within the family we all have our roles we all are are complementary to each other in the sense that no matter how we get there we're we're all coming towards like the, the same goal. Right. And I, I really think that innately as well, I don't know that I could embrace that role. Like I, for me, not for you, obviously. I, like during I, diapers? Or? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I love the children. I like being home, but also like, I really believe like inside of like instinctually too, there's something out there that I, I need to get out there and do things and like, and feel like I am providing. Like I think that feeling of providing for you guys gives me such great pride, which makes me so much happier, right? If I wasn't providing, I don't think I would be happy. 
which would, you know, transcend into our relationship and obviously affect the children. Like, I think there's so much more to that, to, to thinking and like to, and accepting and being okay with like, you're never, not never is a, is a shitty word, but like, you're never the one who says like, don't go do that or don't go try that. You're actually always pushing me to go because I think you know that I need to go. Yeah, I think that, uh, so you and I have a plan, essentially, we have a family plan, and we know what makes each other tick, and, like, you know, I know that, that you are someone who, like, you can't stay at home, like, for three days in a row to do things in the home, let's say. Um, I can do that, and I like doing that. So that's where the complimentary, you know, we're not, we're not like 50, 50 equal halves. No, I got to bring you on this podcast every like three or four weeks just so we can get you out yes. and out of your PJs. Yes. But yes, anyway, yes. sorry, keep going. Um, complimentary. No, but I, I think that like, I want to support you in, in you living the best life you can live. And I know the things that you love to do. And I, and as a wife um, and as your the mother to your children, that's important to me because do I want you to come home and be a miserable dick? No. Like, do I want to be, do I want to feel like we're in a boxing match for the next 40 years? No. So like make it easy, right? Make it, make it good for you. Cause I think that yeah. you are complimentary in, to me in the sense that you know, the things that I like to do and don't like to do. So you don't necessarily always push me to do things because you know that's just not my thing, you know? Like yeah. you, you're supportive of me, for instance, homeschooling. I love that we have the boys home. It's, I, that I, would, I would have a very hard time changing that around now. So I feel your support with that and that makes me thrive in that position because I know that I have, just you, just, you, this doesn't have to be like, something crazy in the background like you don't have to be like you know like going to the extreme to show me like that you support me i just need that like the feeling of like no we should keep them home because i agree with that yeah and so so for me that gives me almost like the like how you feel when you go out to provide for the family that gives me the same sense in just a different way yeah, you know what, and I think that's a great how you kind of put all that, and that's where I was trying to say maybe it wasn't coming out that way. And what I'm trying to say, like, for the the masculine, feminine, the man and woman, that even when I was saying about the kids, like, why can't we just celebrate? Why can't we just celebrate the differences? Why are we trying to say that everybody is the same? You know, like that's that was when you know I had um, members of the black community in here, and you know that was one of the like main points. I remember Byron uh, Godfrey saying that he's like. Like, yeah, man, I'm black and you're white and let's, we are not the same and let's celebrate that instead of making it like, try to make it like we are the same. Like, let's celebrate that and let's support each other and be okay for that. And I think that's how it should be with, you know, identifying as this or that or being a boy or a girl or a man and a woman and like your roles in the house, all these things. Just celebrate that we are not the same. And I think we'd be such a better place instead of, you know, pitter-pattering around and being so scared of offending everybody for everything. It's wild. Like, what the fuck? You might want to listen to this. You might trigger something. Like, come on with these. Like, all this stuff is such nonsense, man. Like, let's just, like, just be and be okay with it. And be okay with having differences of opinions. And speaking of opinions, I mean, this one's been getting, making me crazy. You hear about this all the time with me on Instagram. The hypocrisy of people's comments that are that are coming out on Instagram is, like, I'm trying not to get attached to it and try to let it go. But 
we have like so the you know the abortion thing that's going on in the Remember states. Remember, we said at the beginning that everyone has a valid. Opinion. Yes, valid opinions, but I I don't. I, let's talk about how micro and macro go together. So the the abortion, uh, you know, all the dispute that's going on in the states. Um, yeah, what side of that am I on? I you know I I do I try to look at the, the bigger picture when I when I take things, and that's not even what I'm trying to say here. Is like. So people who are saying like 100% body autonomy, but yet we're totally okay watching people get forced to take a, you know, a, a drug that they didn't want to take. Like that's body autonomy. And that little decision like to take the vaccine up to you, like you and I have said from day one, if you felt that, that you were taking that for your health, 100% we support you. If you thought that you ha- you were taking that just so you could go to a restaurant or just so you could go to a, you know, to a hockey game to watch your kids play or your kids could play, like then you were kind of adding to the problem of now the bigger choices because you're giving up that little bit of freedoms when you may- you didn't believe it because you were feeling like you had to. And now like those little micro decisions, like, you know, like I said, hey, get the vaccine. If you feel like you need the vaccine or don't get it but if you don't get it don't show a fake vaccine passport and if you do get it don't show a passport because that's the little micro freedoms that we're giving away which could lead to the macro which is something that's you know do i think like abortion and that little uh the vaccine like i put worse things than me i'm sure i chose not to take the vaccine do i think abortion and the vaccine are on the same page or the same level of of dire i don't know what the word would be but extremes Absolutely not. But I do think that when you're giving away that little bit, you might lose that big thing on the other side, which is what's happening, you know, seems to be happening in the States. And then hearing people on the opposite say, like saying like, absolutely, women should not have a choice. But then they didn't want to take the vaccine. They didn't want to be forced to take the vaccine. Like I've heard it on both sides. They're just such contradicting statements of opinions. I'm just blown away by people. I'm like, do you realize what you're saying? Sorry, rant, rant over, but I know you agree with me. Deep down. <laughs> I didn't, uh, like, we talked about this before, and I didn't have any specific um, uh, views on someone who was saying that they were uh, for body autonomy, but not, like, in one way and not the other. Like, I didn't, I didn't see people who were saying that they wanted, uh, they didn't want the overturned, um, uh, overturned case in the States. Uh, to happen but then we're also saying that like they were like pro mandate I, I don't think I saw that but I also think that like at the end of the day like <laughs> I get that you that everyone wants to have their opinion or their stance on things and, and you're you're fully able to do that but like you said if you are willing to do things that like you have to realize that you are making that choice regardless so if you're the one who's giving up a little bit of freedom because you think you're getting some freedom in return or you think it doesn't matter, just realize that there can be consequences to that choice. And you better be making a good choice based off of what you hope to see in the future for your own body and your own family. So um, when it comes to, to the abortion in the States, I mean, in Canada, abortion is legal. So I mean, I don't know what the abortion laws are in other yeah, countries either. either. It's just that we're so inundated with American news that, that this becomes a big thing here. And not to say that I don't care. It's just that, like, it's just interesting what people like to 
really pay attention to and get behind when they aren't necessarily getting behind other like the similar a similar thing in maybe a different place either right and i'm thinking like the when i say the micro is like a lot of people just did that thinking like oh like hey just take the shot so i can go to the restaurant and show my vaccine just so i can go to the restaurant and don't think much of it right that's where i like you know thinking about a micro decision and how it could affect later on is is i think very important and, yeah. and how it could affect could affect way bigger decisions and and a decision that like abortion might never cross your life but we're, we're supposed to be thinking about everybody just like driving by the one business that's closed even though they sell fucking health like like that's you know that's this the mindset that i feel like we need to break away from if we're going to you know win this whole battle and just live as like a happy community that's not so divided anymore yeah right? i think that like i think it all comes down to that almost everything we talked about is living with intention so no matter what you do whether it's big or small you need to think of like okay how is this going to affect me now how is this going to affect me in the future how is this going to affect my loved ones whether it's um uh being a the head of the household and not being fit fit or or choosing to be lazy or choosing crappy foods or not caring and just you know shutting off as soon as you get home and not paying attention to your family woman or man okay well that clearly is not living intentionally you're just kind of like going through the motions well you're only on this rock for so long so what are you doing like why are you not making any type of intention of your life why are you why are you thinking you're just gonna like oh well well let's i guess i'll just do the same thing over and over and over until i die like you can do that i guess but what's the point so like if you're not thinking in terms of like you know um being fit uh considering the choices that you make um considering thinking for yourself when it comes to um you know uh your business or your family okay all of those things they should be although they could be micro they're actually macro in the long term they build up to be a big a big deal because soon enough you're going to end up being very sick or you know yeah and i think like looking beyond just your initial feeling and emotion is kind of important so like um i was listening to a podcast or something if somebody wants to listen to about roe versus wade uh with that's the abortion uh like case or whatever i don't quite get the whole thing but there's like a really freakonomics is a book and there's like a really interesting article that's really mind-blowing in how that decision affected some like that not being such a micro decision but that in the micro in, in case of all the things going on in the world maybe i guess and how that really affected crime and things and i was like wow like there's a lot more to a lot of subjects than we all choose to believe because like really we're seeing like babies and, and people making decisions and like there's a lot to that that's a heavy that's a very heavy topic and i really like for me it's like i i really do see both sides of the emotion part of it where it's like oh my god like you know and and i think being police officers maybe we also see things like you know there are like, there's not like when a lot of people's argument is talking about that like 0.1 percent chance of this happening and like you know obviously in those cases of like you know rape and things like that like that's a whole other layer to that song but like it's it's pretty crazy how a lot of these things like whether you choose to be a meat eater or a vegetarian what you're choosing to ignore or not ignore like 
looking at the full spectrum and trying to make a more of analysis beyond emotion is, is something worth seeing and like listening to and, and hearing out, I guess. And I guess that's why politicians do get paid. I mean, we're not the happiest with politicians right now, but I guess that is, you know, they got a lot on their plates when they got to make these decisions. And um, there was, we saw a good post about, you know, like maybe you're not happy with the outcome of that decision, uh, but maybe it was in terms of like uh, freedoms and stuff. Like there's, I don't know, going off topic there but let's 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 reel it back in i think this is a this has been a pretty fun episode so far to just kind of talk and, and shoot the shit about that kind of stuff well you got, you got anything else for us um, no not really <laughs> not really okay all right well yo this has been what or what are you laughing about back there <laughs> well, like, put her on the spot. <laughs> well she knew she was coming on this show man like why are we say- <laughs> a lot of topics you just went through we did go through a ton of topics it's been fun it's been fun to kind of just talk about this stuff with you (laughs) but yeah i'd love to have some i think we're gonna like start getting uh a few more people on the show like there's a couple of uh lawyers i really want to reach out to that i've you know been in court with and just kind of shoot the shit with them and see maybe sit like one yeah like i cross each other so we don't grow to arm's reach but yeah i'm really looking forward to where this show is going uh i hope everybody respects that uh, you know I have opinion. You have opinions. We all have opinions. If you don't like the show, you don't have to listen to it. And uh, but hopefully that is the bigger thing. Is like let's just celebrate that we're all different, and and move on, man. Let's move on from there and make this thing, this whole place, a little bit better. Because I really do think that by doing more for others, you can be more for yourself. And I don't think we're thinking about everybody when we're when we're doing that and what you're contributing to to this world. So it's okay to just voice something on Instagram. But if you're not really fucking doing anything about it, then all you are is added to the problem. So if you really got a problem with something, then do something about it. So that's it. That's it. That's me on my soapbox today. So you got to hear my opinions that honestly, it all comes from a, from a place of really deeply caring about this, this world. And more importantly, our little household, the micro and how we can affect the macro, which is, you know, into this community, the garage gym, the people that listen to this podcast, the community of Amherstburgs and beyond and beyond and beyond. And hopefully, you know, just spread a little bit more love. So I hope we're doing that. All right, that's it. This podcast is sponsored by the great people, Ian and Kara Murray of Murray Insurance. They are a one-stop shop for your insurance, whether it be finances, automobile, car, home. Automobiles and cars, the same thing. Okay, or all those great things. They have a concierge service that's exclusive to their clients, and they are one of the top Desjardins offices in all of Canada. Go see them. They're in Kingsville, right next door to us, uh, right next to our new expanded, beautiful building. And they have such a great building too. So go see them and their team and uh, you and tell them Tango One sent you. That's it. Over and out. You got anything, Mrs. Smith? Nope. All right. Let's go. Let's go have a little day date. Now's the time to do more and be more. 